Well, it was this Thanksgiving time. I was at family's house. We were having lots of fun, playing games, enjoying life, until I recognized that somebody was pretending to be me, and it wasn't me. I looked at my online bank uh, statement, and I saw that someone with my debit card went to Starbucks. Now, I knew that would never happen, because Carrie has her own debit card, and I don't go get nasty, muddy water. I don't like coffee. That's gross stuff. That never happened. And someone was pretending to be me, and they apparently got away with it. You know, this... Identity theft is a big issue in our culture and in our day. And in this last year, 12.7 million Americans had their identity taken, stolen. And in our culture, we we have these people who make claims that they're somebody that they're not, and it causes all kinds of problems, and we live with some skepticism, and we try to build safeguards around us from people who say they are one person, and they are not them at all. You know, we also live in a culture that not only claims to be someone that they're not, but they make outlandish, wildish claims. I I was thinking about uh, a wild claim that I heard not too long ago. It was uh, about a particular diet you could have. What caught my attention was the opening line. Eat whatever you want. That spoke my language. That sounded pretty good. If you take this diet pill, you can eat whatever you want and you will lose 30 pounds in 30 days regardless of how much or what you eat. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Problem is, I'm I'm like so confident this is a false claim. It's not possible. They're making promises they could never deliver. It's a false claim. Our culture is full of people who say they are someone that they are not, full of people who make claims that they cannot back up, and and we are so in desperate need of someone who is held to a much higher standard, who has so much more credibility than that, who is exactly who they say they are, and who follows through on every claim 100% that they have ever made. I want us to think about Jesus, who he is in his claims. In Matthew uh, 16, Jesus asks his disciples, hey, what's the word on the street about me? Who do people say that I am? We've talked about this question a lot around here in the the months past. And and they began to tell Jesus what people had said. Some say he was a, you're a prophet. Some say you're a good teacher. Some say, you know, you're John the Baptist. Some say these different things. And, And then Jesus paused and turned right to those disciples and said, but, but who do you say that I am? See, Jesus thought it was important that his followers knew who he was. You can't follow someone if you don't know who they are. And and Jesus really, really wanted his disciples, his followers, that's you and me, to know who he was and to be able to profess it and to experience his identity. And as I was thinking about this, it's it's one thing to say, well, who is Jesus? And I could say, well, I, I want Jesus to be my Santa Claus. I want Jesus to be the one who tells me everything that I like or everything that I want to hear, but just because I dream up something, just because I pen something on Jesus doesn't mean that's who he is. How do we know who Jesus is? Today I want us to look at what Jesus says about himself. He tells us who he is. It's in essence when he's talking to his disciples, he's like, guys, I've already given you the answer to this. I've told you who I am, but are you getting it? Do you hear it? Do you see it? Have you experienced me? So today we're diving into a new series entitled, I Am. We're looking at the the seven I Am statements that Jesus makes in the book of John. And and we're going to walk through and begin to see who Jesus claims to be and 
what it is he does for us in those claims, and we'll see that he is exactly who he says he is, and he's never ever misrepresented himself, and he's followed through on every single claim he's ever made. The first one we're looking at today is the I am statement found in John chapter 14, verse 6. Take your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 14. And it's where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But to give us some context around this, I'm going to start at verse 1. I'm going to read through verse 10. And I want you to follow along with me as I read aloud. You read silently in your Bible or in your device. Navigate to John chapter 14, starting at verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. I love Thomas's question. Thomas said to the Lord, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Pretty logical. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then Philip's statement is just great. Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answers, Don't you know me? Philip, even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. I want to talk this morning about the person of Jesus Christ, who he is, who we say he is is so important, and we need to know who he says he is. What does he say about himself? My passion this morning is that you and I will really get this. I want you, I want myself to live in the power of really knowing the blood of Christ and what that means. Knowing the word of Christ and what all that means. Knowing the spirit of Christ And what all that means. See, whether or not you're able to debate the complexities and the nuances of theological thoughts, whether or not you're able to take down anyone who would come at your door with some kind of skewed theology, whether or not you're always able to answer the questions that people bring up to you of objections of your faith, I don't care about that near as much. I want you and I to really understand the blood of Jesus, the word of Jesus, the spirit of Jesus, and how Christ wants to be your rock in the storms as well as in the celebration times of life. As we begin this series this morning, I want us to look at this first question and and begin to take it apart together. What did Jesus mean when he made this claim about himself, when he said, this is my identity, this is who I am, you need to know me, be in relationship with me, Well, who are you? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What did he mean by this? We see this in Scripture first. I think that helps us. Number one, Jesus offers the way to know God. See, Jesus was more than just a road sign 
pointing to God. He was more than just some prophet who was teaching about God. Jesus himself, he was and he is the bridge to get to God. Philip, he asked, we want to see God. And what did Jesus say to him? Well, duh, you're looking at him. It's me. I'm right here in the flesh. Jesus was and is God in the flesh. We come to know God by knowing Jesus. Now, I want to suggest this morning that all of us as humans have this curiosity inside of us to, to know God or to know a higher being or to, to be in touch or some kind of information about something greater than ourselves. I saw a, a game review uh, this week. It's, it's on an iPhone app in the Apple Store. And this game on the App Store, or the Apple App Store, it's called Pocket God. Let me read you the description of this game. Now, this was kind of interesting. What kind of God would you be? Benevolent or vengeful? Play Pocket God and you'll discover the answer within yourself. On a remote island, you are the all-powerful God that rules over primitive islanders. You can bring new life and then take it away just as quickly as you brought it. Exercise your powers on the islanders. Lift them in the air. Alter gravity. Hit them with lightning. You're the island God. Do whatever you want. Most of the options and gameplay as I begin to look at this game begin to show that most of your actions would be a a vengeful act to these islanders. And it caused me to think that apparently these developers of this game had a view of God that was pretty vengeful, pretty spiteful, pretty angry. But we know that the one true God is a benevolent God, is a loving God. He tells us no because He loves us. No, it's going to hurt you or someone else. He says do this because it's going to bless you or someone else. And we need to see this true identity of who God is. And Jesus is the way to know God. See, we trust God because we know who He is. Isaiah 64, 4 tells us, Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. God Almighty acts in loving ways towards us over and over and over. We know God to be a good God. And Jesus came that we might have a personal knowledge of him through his blood. But you see, humankind, we needed more than just Revelation. We need more than just information about this God. Our problem is, was, and is bigger than ignorance. We need redemption. Because our problem is not just what we don't know. Our problem is sin. And Jesus came to offer us redemption. Now most religions, most philosophic systems have to do with information. Helping you learn more so you can be better. But Christianity is not that at all. It's based upon the cross, and our biggest need, our biggest problem, is not ignorance. No, don't misunderstand me. Some of us are ignorant. You may be ignorant, and that may be another problem. But that's not your greatest problem. Your greatest problem is sin. In fact, turn to your neighbor and tell them that. Say, you may be ignorant, but your greatest problem is sin. That just will warm the room up. All of us 
Every person who has had breath in their lungs, our greatest problem is not what we don't know. Our greatest problem is the sin within us. The original sin that we inherited, that bent towards evil we were born with, and our personal sin. The willful disobedience we commit against the known will of God. See, Christianity, it's based on the cross. It's based on solving this biggest problem we have, our sin problem. Friend, we don't need more information. We need redemption. And look at me, look with me at Ephesians chapter 2, 12 and 13. Remember that at this time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. See, all religions... All religions, in its most basic form, is man reaching to God. You pick whatever religion, it's man trying to make their way to the higher being. Man trying to make their way to that God. But Christianity, the one true way through Jesus, is totally different. Christianity is the only one where God is reaching out to humankind. See, you and I, we are just responding to what God has started first. He started loving you before you ever cared about Him. Don't, don't miss that. You didn't just do God a favor one day and say, Hey, God, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to join your team. I'm just going to kind of be one of your boys, be one of your gals. He was seeking after you way before you ever decided to come to Him. He was preparing the way. Even your yes to Him, He gave you the strength to say yes to Him. Now, good religion, good religion seeks to make us better people through knowledge of God. But Christianity rises head and shoulders above this because it gives us the power to not only know what is right, but the power to do what is right and the power to be right, to be righteous through Christ. Jesus makes this amazing claim in verse 6 of John chapter 14 that no one comes to the Father except through me, Christ. Now, how could this be? This brings us back to our original problem, the the sin. It's not just ignorance, it's sin. And it's not just a matter of believing something. You see, some would say, you know, it doesn't really matter what you believe, just be sincere in your belief. It's the depth of your sincerity, not what you place your belief on. It's just you need to have faith. You need to be spiritual. You need to be a person who believes Well, just imagine with me if on this platform there's a door right there and the door led to an exit outside, outside of this building. And over here there was a door that went into a closet. And if there was a fire that broke out in this room and was coming up on this platform, and, you know, it doesn't really matter what door I choose, as long as it's one that I like. Just as long as you like that door, I mean, seriously, let's be fair. Someone's got to choose the door. Don't make everybody go through one door. Everybody choose, just choose. If you like the door, then it'll work out. What? That makes no sense. One exits to life. The other is a closet that you burn and you die. I'm going to choose the exit. It it doesn't make any sense. And so to to say that, well, it doesn't really matter what you believe in, it, it has no legs. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Him claiming to be the way is addressing our sin problem. It is the blood of Christ that is the door that opens up for us to be in relationship with Him. You see, 
Jesus is the way to life. In Isaiah 53, 5, we find these words, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we were healed. I love that. That word healed, as we tear it apart, we see that it's, that healing is the cure, and it is to be mended, to be made whole. The redemption of Christ makes you whole. It heals you from the inside out. Jesus is the Redeemer. He came to give Himself as a sacrifice. He is not just a teacher telling us things about God. He is the Lamb of God. Listen to Matthew 20, verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Because we need forgiveness of sin. I want you so desperately to understand with me today. I don't think that there's very many in this room that's never ever heard anything like this. But I want us to to embrace it, to chew on it, to allow it to be saturated into our heart, every fiber of our being. Friend, we need to know the blood of Christ. He is the way. What Christ did for us on the cross was not just for forgiveness of your sin, but it was for the continuing hope you can have in your life. It wasn't just a one-time thing, it's there and now you forget about it. It is the way that you can live in freedom for the rest of your life. The song that we sing says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Now the second thing we see from this passage about Jesus' claim of who He is, He says, I am the way, I am the truth. Jesus teaches the truth about us. We need the truth. The truth is, is light. It's, it's illuminating for us. We need our path illuminated. When, when you go to the doctor, you need someone to speak truth to you. Do you want a doctor who just tells you what you want to hear? Hey, I look at the x-rays, look at the scan. You're all good. You want them to be honest. You want them to be totally truthful, sometimes painfully truthful. That's why you're there. You need an honest answer. We need that from God. I heard someone say this morning, it kind of struck me, he said that, you know, flattery is like perfume. It smells good, but you don't want to drink it in. Sometimes we can get this mental picture of God. We just want God to be this perfume that just smells nice and and flatters us and tells us whatever we want to hear, but it's toxic to take that in. We need the truth. Jesus says, hey, I am the way. I am the truth. And this truth will impact you. It will impact how you see yourself. Friend, I hate to burst your bubble, but you don't have all truth in and of yourself. You're not God. I'm not either. When you looked in the mirror this morning, you didn't see God in the mirror. When you looked in the mirror, you may have said, oh, oh, God, help me. That's a a sight to see. We're fallen people. We're, We're flawed we, we need God to show us our blind spots. We need God to give us the truth of what we need to do and what we shouldn't do. And this comes through Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is God. You and I are not. Ecclesiastes 5.2 Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven. You are on earth. So let your words be few. We need the truth about God. We need the truth about ourselves. We need the truth about life. 
That's why God has given us His Word. The living Word and the written Word. Jesus is the truth for us. If we follow Him, He will teach us to have the best life possible. Now, check this out about this loving, benevolent God. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. And look how He gives us this truth. Look at the attitude and the tone in which He gives to us. In Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through 30 Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, in truth, there is rest. In truth, there is freedom. In truth, there is peace. Now, over the next few weeks, as we begin to look at these seven I am statements of Christ, we'll begin to see Jesus, his claim is he is the door, he is the bread, he is the light, he is the good shepherd, he is the vine, he is the resurrection and the life. And my hope is that that you'll get to know this Jesus in a very intimate way. And it won't be hard for you to talk about who Jesus is. Friends, I don't know why it seems hard for some Christians to talk about Jesus. We talk about the things that we know. We talk about the things that we care about. We talk about the things that are important to us. And and Jesus calls us in this question as He asks His disciples, Who do you say that I am, Brady? Who do you say that I am? It's not, well, why don't you make up a choose-your-own-ending God? He's saying, have you been listening to me? Have you been following me? I'm giving you clues. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And I am the one who is longing to be in relationship with you. Revealing not just the way that we should go, as important as that is. He wants to reveal some things to us about ourselves. As you read God's Word, could you say, God, would you show me something new about myself? Show me my blind spots. Show me what I need so I can be set free. He is the way, the blood of Christ, that's our hope. He is the truth, the Word of Christ, that is our light. And finally, Jesus gives the life of God in us. Number three, the life of God in us. This is the power of the Spirit, the gift that Jesus has promised. Look at John 4, 14. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, there's a lot of things that can well up in you. There's lots of stuff that wells up in us. There's nothing super special about something welling up in us. There's many of us, you had pride well up in you this week. Anybody have pride well up in you this week? Nobody liked to vote for that. Some of us had anger well up in us. Anybody have anger well up in you this week? Nobody wants to vote for that. Some of us have lust that wells up in us. I won't have us vote on that one. No, that's not popular at all. Anybody have happiness well up in you? You had happiness well up. Anybody? Oh, now you're brave. Now you want to vote. Sure. <laughs> when, you got, when you got your paycheck on payday, were you happy? Something There's emotions that well up in your heart. That's a natural thing. Good, bad, indifferent. You have things that well up in you. That's not what Jesus is talking about. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, hey, hey, what you will have well up in you, I will well up in you. The life, my spirit, will give you everlasting life. It will well up in you. At the moment when you are at your wit's end, the very spirit of God will well up in you and breathe life into you again. Have you ever been, you ever been just tired, weary? I think maybe three times in my life, maybe four, I don't know. I, 
I didn't, didn't sleep. I don't feel sick. I didn't, I'm not sick. I just didn't sleep. Like 10 minutes. I don't know. That's weird. I don't know what's going on. I didn't sleep. I feel tired. I feel kind of weary. You know, when, when you're tired and weary, the Spirit of God wells up in you. A week or two ago, I was kind of feeling tired and weary, and, and I went to the mailbox in the office, and I, I saw a letter, and I got a letter. Sometimes when I read letters, it makes me extra weary. It just depends on what's in the letter. But I opened this letter, and I read it, and my heart began to leap. As one of you was telling me about what Jesus was doing in your heart, and, and you said, and the Lord used you, Pastor Brady, to speak this to me. And the Lord, I mean, I appreciate what you did, but the Lord... His spirit welled up life inside of me. And at the moment when I was feeling weird, I thought, ha, ha, I can charge hell with a squirt gun. What is that? Because you're so kind? No, no. The, the spirit of God wells up life in us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Who, who am I to you, Jesus says. And when the disciples began to get it, they said, oh, Jesus, you're the son of God. You are the way. It's, it's your blood, Jesus we can see that now. They hadn't seen it yet. It's your blood, Jesus, that paid the price for our sin debt. It's our sin problem. That's the big problem. It's not our ignorance. though well, that's something else. But it's our sin problem. You are the way that makes it possible to get to God. You are the truth. In and of myself, I'm skewed. I'm deceived. I don't know which way is right. I mean, I think I do. I do what is right in my own eyes. But, Lord, I need to do what is right in your eyes. It's your truth. And, Lord, I... I, I need, I need your life. I need your spirit to give me life. Friends, we need John 10.10 10 today. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Hear it again. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. It's for you, but it's not just for you. It's for us. It's for all of us. It's, we are to, to have this life to the fullest together. We are to see Jesus as the way for all of us together. We are to see Jesus as the truth for all of us. We are to see Jesus as the one who is life for all of us. Friends, today, I don't know that I can stress how important it is that we get this. See, there are people who are Christians who just argue all the time. They argue theology. They argue eschatology, end time stuff. They argue philosophy and ecclesiology, how the church should look, how the church should act, what the church should do. There's so many Christians who just get energized by arguing. And you know what? If you want to argue with people, I guess that's okay. But, but what I really hope is that I can impart to you what I think Jesus would say is it's, it's a passion to know Jesus personally, to have relationship with him, to know him. Who do you say that he is to you? Are you saying He is your way, your truth, your life? Well, well, yeah, I kind of have that knowledge here. But is He your door? Is He your way maker? Is He the one that not only gives you truth, but He is truth in your life? His Word, living and written. Is He the one that His Spirit breathes life into you? Or is it kudos from the boss? Is it trophies from your achievements? Is it rest from your downtime? What breathes life into you? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. As we come to a close this morning, I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're new around Grace Point and that seems strange, you don't want to close your eyes, that's fine. Just look at your shoes. My intent is for us just to 
shut out any distractions around us. I think there may be some here today that when you hear me talk about Jesus being your way, your truth, your life, you really have never come to the place where you've asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You've never asked Him to forgive you of your sin. By that I mean, imagine a man who's in the desert, who's dehydrated, who's dying of thirst, literally. And the rescue team comes and, and they hand him a canteen of water and he takes the canteen of water and he just sets it at his feet. He has kind of grasped the water, but he's never taken it in. It does him absolutely no good. Friend, it's just like Jesus, the way he has made for us. You and I have to receive that free gift by confessing our sin. That's saying the same thing about it that God says about it. And asking Him to forgive us and asking Him to help us be obedient to Him. So if you're here today and you would, you would like to accept Christ, maybe for the first time, or maybe it's time that you rededicate your life because you've, you've seen this willful disobedience grow in your heart. If you're here and you'd like to do that, every head is bowed, every eye is closed, or you're staring at your shoes. It's just, I'm looking and God's looking. If you'd like to pray that, I just want you to do what may feel hard, but I believe you can do it. Just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you by name. I'm not going to come to you and embarrass you in any way. But just slip your hand up, and you can slip it back down. If you'd like to pray, thank you. I see your hand. You can put your hand down. Thank you. If you'd like to pray that prayer, thank you over here to my right. If you'd like to do it, just raise your hand real high. I want to be praying for you as specifically as I can, not by name, not by your color of your shirt. Just pray for you. Just slip your hand up and then back down. Thank you. Now let's pray together. And, and you need to know, as I pray out loud, you can pray in your mind, it's not really that important that you get all these words perfect. But what's important is that these, these words match what's in your heart. So as I pray aloud, I invite you, would you pray silently to Jesus with me? Jesus, I know that there are things that I have said and that I have done that are wrong. And I recognize that those things are sin and that they separate me from you. Jesus, I'm not just sorry for my sin and the problems it causes. I repent of my sin. With your help, Jesus, I want to be obedient to you for the rest of my days. Would you come into my life and save me now? Thank you, Jesus, for being the way, the truth, and the life for me. Amen and amen. If everybody would look up here at me, if you prayed that prayer, or if you were reflecting on the time when you prayed that prayer, you need to know Romans 10, 9, if anyone confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, they will be saved. Not maybe, not some, not a few, not how you look. It, you will be saved. We have biblical evidence that all of heaven is exploding right now as another son and daughter has come home. And in just a moment, in about 30 seconds, 
We're going to stand and I'm going to dismiss us. But if you prayed that prayer today, I would love to celebrate with you. I don't want to embarrass you. I just don't want you to be alone. And so my wife and I are going to be up here and we'd love to, to talk with you. And if you would come and just share with us what Jesus did in your heart, we want to come alongside and bless you today. Church, would you stand with me? For the, for the many of us in this room, in the last few moments we were reflecting on when we accepted Christ as our Savior. I want to challenge you today. That's not done and over. He is still your way. He is still your truth. And He is still your life. As you go today, I encourage you. Go on an adventure. And look for your Jesus being the door opener, the way maker for you. Today, look for Jesus being the one to give you truth about himself, about you, about life. Look for Jesus to be the one to breathe life into what may feel like dry bones today. May God bless you. You're dismissed.